ladies and gentlemen, welcome back, welcome back, welcome back to another exciting episode and edition of the Brethren Podcast. That's Brethren like bread, B-R-E-A-D-R-E-N, because we always talking about our bread and we always getting that bread. And when I say we, it feels great. And it is always my pleasure to welcome my brothers onto this call with me, Dr. Ajamu Lovin, PhD of Lovin Consultant, LLC, and Destrian Wells, Destrian Wells Consultant. How are y'all doing this evening, gentlemen? Doing absolutely great. Yeah, man, things are great. Positively wonderful. Um, so first, let's address you know the elephant in the room, which ain't really an elephant. We took a little break because that's what we got to do. And plus, like I you know have told you all in the episodes uh, previous to this one, uh, my illustrious co-hosts are always doing great things across this country. So they uh they were parlaying and participating in professional development. Uh, across the United States, <laughs> I wasn't able to attend, but they felt the need to uh, video call me while they sat on a balcony, uh, with you know, enjoying a tropical breeze. You know, I won't go into details of where they were, all of that. So yeah, I mean, I, mean, I, I just, you know, I mean, the glasses didn't have water in it, so you may not recall. But you know, I, I you know what I'm saying. That's not the reason we didn't record. It wasn't because I felt salty and didn't want to talk to them. <laughs> it was just that you know we decided to take a break off. Of course, Easter passed, and we got families with our fathers and husbands. So we you know we took time off to enjoy. Happy belated birthday to the Prince, uh, Young Dallas uh, DJ's son. Well, thank you. Um, so yeah, but um, so let's get back to what we normally do and how we do it. Uh, Doctor Levin, introduce the yes, drink sir. that you were sipping on this evening. Oh, this evening I am sipping on a little bit of Tito's vodka and Sprite. Keep it in light. Okay. Yeah, okay. Like that. Home team. DJ, what's good? I mean, we know what's good, but what's good? No, no, no. no. Yeah, I mean, matter, matter of fact, matter of fact, matter of yeah. fact, because Surprise. because uh, because Dallas' birthday just passed, so you might be doing something different. Let's see if we're going to get a surprise. Why would, you, why would you even hype the crowd up to, to be disappointed <laughs> in such a way? No, no, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. What? I plead the fifth. Many a fifth match. <laughs> nah, man, you know what it is, man. Hennessy, man. Hennessy All right, so it is. Oh, it's Hennessy Black. Splash Coat. Yeah. Okay, okay. So it's not just plain Hennessy. It's Hennessy Black. That is different. That's yeah, different. It's, yeah, it's, it's 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 different. So we it's look, like it's different, like that patent leather Black Jordan. I mean, they still Jordan. Yeah. I wouldn't call them graduation shoes or nothing like that. But you know, whatever they do, they talking about their formal Jordan. Save it for the after show, man. Yeah. Just save it for the after show. Sorry. Save it for the after Sorry. show. We're gonna, yeah, we gonna okay. get into we're gonna get into that much more oh, okay. after show. But um yes, uh I am I am sipping on the Johnny Walker Black label. Uh that bottle will be here until it's gone and then I'll update y'all. So as we always do, gentlemen, cheers to a wonderful conversation, knowledge being dropped and things being learned. Cheers. Yes. Salute, man. All right. So, to kick off this uh, this episode, tonight's topic, we're going to talk about overcoming challenges and dealing with pressure. And the questions that we're going to pose, and this is from, you know, this is in the words of Dr. Levin, PhD, I might add. Um, recognizing the difference between challenges and outside pressure. Organizing your life so you can address real challenges and alleviate pressure. And surrounding yourself with people who don't add to pressure but help you recognize and meet challenges. Number three is going to be the, is going to be the kicker because I think it's going to really 
wake a lot of people up, me included, you know, ourselves included, because like we always say, a lot of this is just us talking to ourselves. You know what I'm saying? And y'all just catching the conversation because we doing the due diligence of recording this. Well, let's kick it off, Dr. Levin. I'm going to throw it to you, you know, because you eloquently, you know, broke down the outline, if you will, of this topic tonight. So let's just jump right into it, and I'm going to throw it to you on overcoming challenges and, and, and dealing with pressure. And you, as for your first point, you were saying recognizing the difference between challenges and outside pressure, because some people might look at challenge and pressure as interchangeable, which, you know, in all intents and purposes, it can be. But for this for this uh, topic of conversation, just, you know, give some clarification, if you will. Yeah, so I'll I'll, uh, I'll, I'll let this quote from Dane Lillard, who uh, hit that uh, trailblazer, Portland trailblazer, hit that game winning last second shot. And everybody was falling all over themselves. And then there's this meme on on social media with him just looking at the camera all steady like, yeah, you knew this could happen, that type of deal. And so um, they asked him about, you know, how you could deal with what they call pressure of having to, you know, take that last second shot. And he said, pressure? Nah, fam, this is just playing ball. Pressure is the homeless man who doesn't know where his next meal is coming from, precious the single mom who's trying to scuffle, pay the rent. We get paid a lot of money to play a game. Don't get me wrong, there are challenges, but to call it pressure is almost an insult to regular people. And I thought, man, that was a pretty interesting quote, I think, on a number of levels. Number one, it showed sort of his hierarchical understanding of how comfortable he was and his appreciating you know, the the, uh, the privilege that he had relative to a, a lot of what, you know, that he says just regular people in terms of what we experience. And so he, he described his, you know, the focus necessary to hit the shot that he had to hit as a challenge that he has within his otherwise pretty decent and pretty calm uh, life. But he talked about the pressures being these outside things that uh, you're going to experience and that normal, regular folks, our listeners, right, included, have to experience when we're trying to do the things that we want to do. So it's the outside pressure that affects, I think, in some ways, how how well some of us approach the challenges or in some cases even recognize the challenges around us. Okay, So you have things that you want to accomplish in life, goals that you put out there. We've done a whole episode on on goal setting, and so you can go back and, and check out that archive if you really, you know, want to want to step up that part of, of your life. And so those goals that you break down into individual milestones are going to represent small challenges to you if you approach them in the right way, right? But even as you move along, there are going to be things that will happen. There'll be outside pressures. People may get sick. Someone might lose a job. A relationship might end. Um, you could have tough times, uh, having tough times at your job in terms of interpersonal relationships. All of these things can create a pressure-filled environment and give you the opportunity to have a moment that might not be so, let, let's say, productive where you cut somebody out or blow up or something like that. So I think when I look at the difference between, you know, um, the, the challenges that you have, challenges tend to come at you in a more organized way and things that you that you know are going to happen. He knew that there's a decent chance at the end of a um, basketball game, you're going to have to take a shot. Shots all through the basketball, right? But what you don't know is, you know, someone who you care about is, is sick 
for, you know, this huge medical bill, some all because of something like that, or business gets lost, or storm, all these things that come in people's lives, that can add pressure. And if you aren't careful, pressure can cripple you to the point that you just don't want to do anything. And so uh, you have to learn uh, ways to deal with and cope with that pressure and stress that you're feeling in life in general. I think we as black men, that's one of those things that we need to, I think, talk more about, right? Because I think, you know, the challenges side of it, people are more inclined to be open with the challenges that they that they face in terms of uh, proving that they are worthy to make the next step on their career or in their uh, in the business that they own. But I think the pressures on the outside, people are a little bit more reluctant to talk about the things that really sort of make life difficult for them in certain ways, you know, whether they have difficulty talking um, to or maintaining real intimate relationships with friends and all of these other things that come crashing down on you, especially in this social media rich world, and just make life in a lot of ways uncomfortable. So that that's sort of where I was going with this in terms of just, man, let's, let's think about positive ways to um, to lead a, lead a positive life despite the uh, the uh, pressures that are going to uh, surround us, but you know, and lead it in a in a way where we are goal oriented and we face and recognize the challenges in front of us and we deal with them in ways that are going to be constructive and helpful to us. You know? Most most definitely, and I like I like the way you put that, and we definitely can delve deeper into it. I'm gonna throw it to DJ. Um, because he got something he wanted to say, you know, as far as elaborating on it. And then I got something I want to follow up with just to kind of clarify for my own purposes and maybe somebody else who's listening. But go ahead, DJ, I'll throw it to you. Yeah, thanks for that. Um, Just to piggyback on what Dr. Levin was was saying, oftentimes, and and just follow me on this, the problem that we see or we, we focus on is not the problem. The real problem is, what is our attitude towards the problem, right? So when we talk about pressure and we talk about challenges, it's important that we frame the issue and we focus our energy on our response. Oftentimes we get boggled down in, oh, you know, this is going to be so difficult. This is going to be so hard. It's going to be so cumbersome. If you take the time to focus your energy on what your response will be, like he talked about Dame Litter, he said that, you know, I know I'm going to have to take the shot. I mean, that's the pressure. That's the challenge. My response is crafted in the hours that, you know, he puts in into the gym, into the repetition that he puts into being prepared to make that shot. So what I'm saying is we need to learn to control what we can. You know, there are going to be things outside of our control, as Dr. Loving alluded to, that we have no bearing over. What we can control is our activity and our response. You know, challenges are ultimately meant to be overcome. And for all intents and purposes, pressure is meant to help break break off that those rough stones or those rough things in your life and, and help turn you into a diamond. If you think about, you know, if you go to the jewelry store, the finest diamonds have often undergone the most pressure and the most chaos. And they've been dug from the deepest depths of the earth. And I think that this is something that we can apply to our lives to understand that you could be being fitted to be a diamond because you're going through a challenge or a situation that you may deem as pressure. And I think also understanding the difference 
between the two and the opportunity that exists within that is, is something that's key and critical as we matriculate through this conversation, just so that the listeners are not uh, bogged down in, 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 in the, uh, the, the vernacular of the challenge or pressure. This is not a one versus the other situation. It is understanding how to appropriately deal with pressure and overcome the challenges that might be associated with said pressures. So, you know, like you said earlier, AJ, they could be one and the same, but oftentimes they, it's one that's feeding into another, uh, whether that be the pressure into the challenge or the challenge into the pressure. So, you know, I think that's important for us to unpack and undress as we move forward. Correct, correct, correct. And you, you pretty much kind of answered my question, but I'll still kind of pose it in a sense because like we said, you know, I like the way you put that pressures, pressures arise, the, the pressures of life, the pressures of, you know, jobs, the pressures of relationships, the pressures of society bring about challenges that you have to overcome, um, which is which is a, you know, a pertinent point to put in there. Right. And like we said, we could have a versus conversation. We could have challenges versus this, which we, we've done, you know, with some topics in the past. But this one is. It's very, a very nuanced conversation because it's easy to slip off into the versus conversation, but the way that we've posed and the way that, you know, it's being framed now is we're going to talk about the pressures of said, you know, environments and the challenges that come about and how we overcome that and deal with the pressure itself. And right now, like, I've, I've honestly forgotten my actual question because that, like, that thought in itself has got me thinking, you know, really hard. You know, just based on the fact that pressures, pressures are something that we can't necessarily control. And that I guess I'll put it in that way is to, to lay it out in lamest terms for people who are who are still just caught up in thought like me. Pressures are things that we can't necessarily con control. It comes about, like we said, pressures of society, pressures of, uh, you know, family, pressure from friends, peer pressure, you know, and peer pressure can be peers, you know, at work, uh, peers at home, your friends where the pressure of things they want you to do, expectations and things of that nature come about and the challenges that come about to overcome those, you know, you overcome those challenges to to kind of deal with the pressure in a sense. Um, but I want to throw it well, back to uh, – go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Well, I'll I tell you what. I mean, where you're going with that, one of the things that I think is important is that we understand <clears throat> that – it's almost like you're starting this conversation around understanding the structure of things. So you have a fighting chance to defeat what it is that you understand. And again, oftentimes we need to be able to define things. So when you say the, uh, the challenges that arise from said pressures, that's important because, you know, I would push back on you just a little bit when you say, you know, we can't necessarily control those pressures because we face several types of pressures. They can be internal or they can be external. Some of those external factors we can't do anything about, but some of them you also can. And I think Dr. Loving alluded to it in the, uh, in the outline, which I know will go deeper, but it's the choices that you make about the people that are in your life and so on and so forth. But if I just back up from there, when you just think about the internal pressures, there's a, uh, there's a book by, uh, Don Miguel Ruiz called the four agreements. Anybody that knows me knows that I tout the four agreements. You know, I, 
gave it to my wife. I'm like, hey, put this in your purse. If we ever have an issue, it's probably one of these things that's not occurring that either I'm not doing or you're not doing. One of the four agreements is to not take things personally and to <clears throat> always do your best, right? So that's something that's extremely difficult to do. But a lot of that is internal. And the author argues that by just focusing on that agreement alone, you can completely transform your life because you stop wasting time and energy on tearing yourself down, adding pressure and challenges to your life that otherwise wouldn't exist if you didn't A, take things personally and B, apply that pressure or create the challenges that you now have to also overcome in your life. So I just wanted to push back on that just, just a bit and more than happy to dive deeper and talk about it, but happy to hear what you and Dr. Loving have to say from that perspective. Well, Doc, I'm going to throw it to you. Go ahead. No, so the, the way that I see it is that, um, that, that the challenges, at least as I was describing them, and, and from the, the quote from uh, Dane Miller, were more, hey, these are things to be expected of you, that these things that you need to knock down in order for you to be successful in, in the professional realm, right? And, and let's be real. If you do what you're supposed to do with respect to your challenges, then, yeah, they remain challenges. And if you're organized in your approach, you can operate the way you're supposed to operate when your chance to take the shot comes up, right? But, uh, well, and so that, I think that's an important thing to recognize if you've done the, the right work. If not, and you haven't done that, uh, right work, then those challenges now can create a pressure field environment. You know, I know people who are natural procrastinators, myself being one of them, right? And I used to get myself into trouble on the time while I was in school by waiting until the last minute to write a paper, right? Now, the writing of the paper, the organizing of it, doing all, doing all that work it was a challenge. That's the way the school set up. It's supposed to be a challenge process, right? If you do what you're supposed to do in a timely fashion, then it doesn't create any more pressure than is necessary, um, you know, to rise to the challenge appropriately. If you wait till the last minute, now you're running around like a chicken with his head cut off. Everything that, that the modern delay is a major emergency. You created a pressure-filled environment. I'm certain while I was in college, I took years off of my life, right? So, one of the major tools that you can use to meet your challenges and try to uh, make sure that you minimize as, pressure, as much pressure as you possibly can in your goal-oriented life is to try to automate things, right? Try to use your calendar and your, uh, within your phone. It's not just for fun. You, you also have some constructive things that you can do with the apps in there, right, to remind yourself to study, to remind yourself to hit certain um, goal posts with your paper, let's just say you're doing that. Uh, if you remind you to take a certain number of jump shots at a certain point in time of the day, what happens is you start um, moving in a direction where you're moving towards meeting those challenges that are in your life. And then those challenges themselves don't necessarily um, constitute uh, pressure for you because you've, you've uh, handled them in the right way. Now, the pressure can still come at you, right? Because we live life, and, and as I'll say every time we talk, people are more important than things, right? And so all of those goals that you put together and the things that you're going to do, 
to reach them can e- you know easily be superseded. That someone in your life who you love tremendously has to go through something that's gonna you know gonna take up your time or take up your resources in terms of money, and you love that individual and you're gonna do what's necessary. And that can create outside pressure. A lot of times, people who are working professionally have to take care of a sick loved one. That's one of those things that no matter how great you are at your job, um, you know, it's going to have going to put outside pressure. It's going to put pressure on you in your situation. And so you can only organize your way so much through uh, something like that. And and so when I talk about pressure. It's yeah, part of it is doing what you can do, but the other part of it is recognizing that even when you do what you can do, there's a lot that can happen outside of your control, right? And don't be afraid to seek professional help, and that's professional help on the uh, on the side of you know working with somebody who's an executive coach or working with a mentor um, to to try to take you out of that that pressure filled space. All the way to physically taking maybe some yoga classes or martial arts to learn how to relax, or if it's necessary, seeing a therapist. Right there, are a lot of people in certain communities that have a major knock against the idea of therapy. But I think that you know your your mental health is just as important as your physical health and your financial health. Right, you only get one, you only get one you. Okay, and so you got to take care of yourself, and so. If you have some 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 feelings where you feel like you can't get out out of bed before a certain time, yeah, obviously that's going to impact the way that you're able to address your challenges and maybe create some pressure-filled environments for you. Um, but that pressure that's coming from that depression or whatever that is, man, you gotta you gotta address that stuff. And those things can fester and they ruin the one thing that you can't get back. They ruin your time on earth. Right, you know, you can't get this back. Those minutes that you that you waste, uh, or that you use wallowing and feeling sad because you just don't know why, um, you, that's not that's not something that you have to go through. And so, having the right type of people on your team, and if that uh, team member includes a therapist, man, congratulations for doing the work you needed to do to get to where you need to go. That's all I gotta say about that. Most definitely. Um, I may be going slightly off in a tangent, but I did want to post to you all uh, because it kind of came up in my mind. I don't know if it was intentionally brought up, you know, in you all's explanations and breakdown, but perceived pressure. Uh, because a lot of people, you know, we not in not in a, not in a, a negative way, we perceive that there's pressure, and like you said, it's, it's situations where we could have easily avoided the pressure-filled environment procrastination and things of that nature too. And now we've gotten ourselves into a situation where there is actual pressure that we could have avoided. And now we have a challenge to overcome. Um, but I want to throw it to DJ and then I'll throw it back to you, Dr. Lovin on just some of the, some, of some, some ways of just maybe avoiding putting yourself in position to be overcome by pressure to where you have to now, you know, face and, you know, deal with these challenges, with certain challenges brought on by this pressure that you, you know, for all intents and purposes, brought on yourself. <laughs> well, <clears throat> so 
I, I think about it. Um, I think about it this way. So you have crisis, or I should say it this way. You have responsibilities, and then you have crisis. I think if we refer back to again the Damon Litter quote, what Dame is talking about up front is it's his responsibility to take that shot for his team. It's his responsibility to lead them. It's his responsibility to accept the challenge. And you see, that's a mindset and that's a mentality that he's decided to have. If his mindset were that, oh, my God, I, I may have to take this shot. Oh, my God, uh, they're looking to me for leadership. You would be in a crisis. And I think that that is the differentiating factor is the mindset. Do you see the situation as a crisis or do you see it as your responsibility? Um, I am often reminded you're at my, uh, you're at my wedding. Um, when I got married, he told me, uh, the bishop told me it was my cousin. He said, even if it's not your fault, it's still your problem. And so just because something is not your fault, it doesn't mean it's not your problem. But again, it's your mindset. How do you respond to it? What is your attitude towards the problem? You know, um, you need to determine a few things to answer your question directly. How do you relieve some of this? Determine who and what you are accountable to and for. All right. That's the first thing. The second thing you need to ask yourself is, do you have a clear understanding about the dynamics of the relationship that you're engaged with, with whoever you're responsible to or the things that you're responsible for? Because that's going to define how you perceive or receive and meet said challenge or pressure. Um, one of the things that, that I've become keenly aware of is that I tend to become a default for people who do exactly what Dr. Loving talked about in terms of my corporate uh, setting. If someone fails to prepare, procrastinate because I'm in a, you know, mid-level, you know, executive type role, you know, senior managers or, or others in leadership positions, when their plate becomes full, they, they then come to you. But what I try to communicate up front, and I try to do it in a very respectful way, we talked about communicating in relationships earlier on uh, previous calls. I want them to know that I'm there to help, assist, and, and try to deliver but I'm clear that a failure to plan on your behalf does not create an emergency on mine because I'm being evaluated on a set of circumstances and criteria that I'm accountable for. I know who I'm accountable to. Now, if that aligns with what you're asking me to do, great. I'll drop everything and do it now. But if I'm going to take the L for you to get the W, that's hard. Because, again, a failure to plan on your behalf should not create an emergency on mine. But that's something you have to communicate up front. That alleviates some of the pressure and the challenges of time restraints, limited resources, all those things that you might face, which then turn into something that Dr. Loving alluded to, which is anxiety, depression, um, and the list could go on and on. But those things have a severe impact on your mental health and your well-being. And your best ability is always going to be your availability. I don't care how talented you are. 
if you can't show up to produce and perform, you're now expendable. So you have to take care of yourself, as Dr. Loving alluded to. Um, there are resources that are available, and I think as a community, specifically African-American community, we don't tap into those resources enough. You know, if you work, you likely have insurance, and counseling is a part of that. You can see someone, talk to someone about the stresses, the pressures, the challenges that you're facing, and get a professional opinion to try to develop some strategies. And like Dr. Loving said, maybe get some automation going to take some of the decision-making out of the equation. A lot of folks just need structure, but everyone doesn't know how to implement that. So having a professional on your side doesn't make you weak. It actually makes you stronger. And I would say that um, in terms of identifying how you can relieve some of these stresses, these challenges, and these pressures, it starts with a self-evaluation and truly taking a introspective look, being honest with yourself and saying, here are the things that I am currently struggling with that I cannot get beyond myself. And I'm going to need some professional advice because sometimes people don't like to hear the word help. So we'll say advice. Maybe I need some professional advice on this. You know, What's what's the harm in doing it? I think there is a, a severely negative stigma attached to it, but really it's empowerment. The more education you have, the more resources you have, the better equipped you are to handle uh, whatever issues or challenges that might arise. And then you also take those things and you share them with the people around you. And all of a sudden you're more productive and so are the people around you as well. Well put, and I always uh, like to frame it in the reference of who better to vent to than a nonpartisan uh, party, you know what I'm saying? Because you can go vent to your friends, and they're going to be biased. You can go vent to your family, and they're going to be biased. They're going to infuse their opinions and their feelings and emotions into, you know, something that you're seriously dealing with. So why not talk to somebody who is completely, you know, unbiased in their approach, you know, medical, scientific when it comes to it in right. most cases where they, you know, can honestly give you real feedback on, you know, your feelings and how and why you're feeling a certain way and how and why you're dealing with things in a certain way and connecting dots that you can never connect for yourself and then nobody mm -hmm. else in your life could actually connect for you. So, you know, right. when you frame things different, I like the way you put that. When you really look at things from a different way, instead of saying help, advice it's just, it's just one of those things where it is needed um right and that 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 segued into the second point that dr Levin wanted to bring up in this conversation was organizing your life so that you can address real challenges and alleviate pressure and for me personally and this was something that we issued out in the challenge which is still going by the way is taking a solid tangible goal uh putting it a month out and then creating tangible you know midway goals to kind of make sure that you're on track for that but just basically it was a, it was done in an effort to get ourselves and you know our listeners to organize and just seeing the difference between you know taking taking a goal organizing it and breaking it down to attainable things and seeing how much easier it is than just saying oh i want to do this and kind of just letting it float and as you get around to it you kind of do it here and then for me personally it's been the difference of having an arts and crafts project 
versus having a project. And when I say a project, this is something that's due by a certain time and it's a grade and it's, it's worth a lot of my grade in this thing called life. Versus, you know, taking something and just making it a goal where it's like, oh, you know, it's a hobby. I'll get to it when I get to it. I got some spare time today. I'll do 10% of it now. Oh, I got some I got some extra time next next week. I'll put in a, another 10% uh, effort into it. And now based on this, it'll take me 10 months to attain this goal. Whereas if I organize it, I can get it done in a month because that's the goal limit that we set for ourselves this go around, which was one month. And I'm proud to say that I'm well on my way to attaining my goal. I may not meet, reach my actual goal, but I know that, you know, by having it in this tangible format that we've put it into with the challenge, I've done way better than I would have if I would have treated it in the sense of maybe like it's just like a, like a, like I said, maybe like a, like a hobby. It's not a hobby now. It's, it's something that I have to do. But Dr. Love, and I'll throw it to you to go ahead and, you know, elaborate more on the point of organizing your life so that you can address the challenges and alleviate pressure in certain areas. Yeah, and, and I think, uh, you know, when you're not used to doing certain things, everything feels like pressure. Like if, you, if you're a brother who's been, you know, living at mama's house in the basement chilling, you know, and then at a certain point, you have to go and go from paying for paying no bills, having no car, no not paying for anything, to now you have to pay for you know your pay for your own house, your apartment, and, and lights and all. That can feel like pressure, and um, and it can feel like a lot of pressure if you've never had to do it and you're having to do it all at once. That's why you know if while you're parenting, you're supposed to give your kids you know certain chores or certain responsibilities. Because the same way that, you know, a baby bird is preparing to fly, your kids are preparing to live their lives as adults. And so you have to introduce, you know, some challenges and, and, and in some ways form, create pressure at certain lives, um, at points in their lives as parents to make sure that they know that they're responsible for keeping a clean house by doing laundry and um, cleaning their room or um, have a responsibility for something, right? Have a job, do something. And so my point is, just like the smallest amount of weight feels extraordinarily heavy to a person who's never lifted weights before in the gym, you go in there with somebody that lifts all the time, it's nothing to them, right? Or even someone who lifts, who lifts or works out a reasonable amount of time, you know, they feel fine. But you take that person that's never gone to the gym, who's never pushed themselves, who's never, um, you know, had to, to do these things that we look at as relatively mundane and they are having a tough time um, making it through the workout and you know they're sore for the next few days and so I understand that you know pressure is kind of relative that's that's what I'm, I'm getting at and it's something that you you uh, you grow to handle and cope with and and, and deal with uh, better and better if you're doing some of the right things and some of those things can be you know like therapeutic in terms of whether it's massages or yoga or actual um, therapy where you're talking to a professional or, you know, whatever it is that you do to keep pressurized. But, man, as I look around at this country, it, man, we got, we got a lot of people having a tough time dealing with, with pressure, with just the pressure of life. Man. And and people are doing rash things and, and, and hurting other people, killing themselves, and, you know, because they don't have the stuff that they want. 
or the likes that they see on social media or whatever it is that they think they're owed or how they somehow are worthy of drawing breath but other people who are different than they are are not. Like, a lot of this is just we have got to learn how to, I don't know, as humans, just, uh, what, be human, right? To, to give ourselves the slack that we need and, and the space that we need to do the constructive things. I don't care if it's just sitting down outside and putting your toes in the dirt. They have this whole thing on grounding and how um, it, it can get some of the ne negative energy out of your body by you have, being barefoot on the earth and, and just touching the ground. Like, whatever it is that you need to do to connect, realize that you are important and that you're worth it and that you might need to schedule time for you to do it so that you can, you can continue to really, you know, keep up that self-maintenance, that self right? You People treat their bodies like an old jalopy sometimes, just put enough gas in it in terms of food and coffee to keep it going and never take it to get the diagnostics that it needs to get the oil changed, and it starts to run worse and worse. And that's sufficient to the point that your body, your mind, your goals, everything that you're trying to accomplish is, uh, you know, the engine block cracks because you didn't take it to get an oil change, and now the whole thing, you know, your whole life feels like a disaster, and everything feels like a crazy amount of pressure because you didn't do the things necessary to maintain it. And handle handle your your body and your mind and your life in the type of way that it shows that you care about it. So uh, that's what I have to say on that. Most definitely, I'm gonna go ahead and throw it to DJ. Go ahead. Yeah. So <clears throat> I think that man, Doctor Levin touched on uh, several great points, but I'll just highlight a few things that I wanted to uh, have some commentary on. I completely agree that pressure is absolutely relative. I think that um, what we have to realize is that because pressure exists, challenges exist, we need to have a, a certain skill set. And one of those skills that we need to have is coping, but it needs to be a healthy coping mechanism. So the question that I would pose to the listeners is, do you have a healthy coping mechanism, whether that be, you know, gym time? getting a, 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 a jog in, do you read, like Doc said, do you do you take walks, connect with the earth, throw, put your feet in the dirt, what have you, do you do yoga, what, whatever it is for you that gives you some type of release to let some of those stressors out, you have to find something because he couldn't have articulated it better that self-care is critical. You know, uh, for me personally, you know, I work for a great organization corporately, and, uh, you know, they give us a lot of time to uh, to potentially take. Look, man, I don't do it often, but here and there, I have to take a mental health day because I, I deal with, you know, various things, you know, your personal life. You, and it's not necessarily bad, but responsibility, which I'll go into shortly. But, um, you know, you may need to just take a mental health day, a day for yourself or do something for you whether that's to hit a couple of golf balls, whether that's to go get your hands and your nails done, ladies, uh, exfoliate, get your facial, wh whatever it is you do, or if it's to sit on your deck and watch the sunrise and have a cocktail, whatever it is, do something for yourself. Because we spend so much time doing things for other people that when you don't take time for that self-care, the pressure can truly mount. 
Because I think that's where a lot of people feel like the walls begin to cave in a bit where they feel like they're working to be free and have choice. But they ultimately see it as an illusion of choice because they don't see the freedom that the job is providing or the income is providing. And then they feel restricted. And those pressures can quickly build. And you talk about challenges that you're facing or whatever that that can that can grow on you quickly. But just I'll just touch on this quickly and then I'll, I'll, I'll stop. I'll pause. I feel like responsibility is a learned behavior, though. You know, you don't just wake up and you go, okay, now you're 25, you're responsible. It's a learned behavior. It's a series of actions, right? And I think we need to look at things when people are, you know, early childhood, like um, when you get entry-level employees, and ultimately as people are climbing whatever ladder they're climbing, you need to add some additional responsibility. And that, that's personal, too, within your relationships as well. If you don't allow a person to take on more responsibility over time, what happens in pressure-packed situations is they fold. You know, they don't see this as responsibility. It immediately looks like some foreign thing. And I think that for most folks, that's what pressure is. It's some foreign thing. Or it is this thing that continuously shows up that I have no solution for, i.e., that single mother that Dame Lillard talked about saying, hey, she has to pay the rent. That could be a month by month thing for that person. And I think in context, we have to be able to do what Dame did and take a step back and look at the issues that we have in our lives, not to minimize anyone's issues, but to be able to broadly look at our society and see how fortunate many of us may be, even in the face of some of the challenges that we have, we may not have the pressure that's placed at our footsteps that or at our feet that others might have in terms of an eviction notice with nowhere to go. You know, you may say, well, it's going to be a challenge to pay this $600 light bill this month, but you didn't say you couldn't pay it. You said it was going to be a challenge. That person is trying to figure out they're they're going to have somewhere to stay for them and their children. You know, he talked about the homeless person with nothing to eat. You know, I might get the check at a restaurant and go, really? <laughs> this much? But I'm not saying I can't pay it. That homeless person doesn't have anything to eat. So you really need to take a step back. And sometimes see that first-class problems have become our issues. And if you are in a situation where your life has gotten so bad that you have first-class problems, you kind of need to pause and reset. Have a grateful moment and then strategize on how you relieve some of those things. But there are people every day that are waking up in the conditions that Dame is talking about and they have no way out. They have no resources that they can tap into or that maybe they don't know about. But most of our listeners do. They have us. They have a network of people. If they've surrounded themselves with the right people, they've been listening and developing their strategic partnerships and their power circle. 
and they they're willing to exercise some emotional intelligence and they're, you know, being intentional about things, they have some options. And I just think that we have to really, really look again introspectively and understand that some of the things that we place great emphasis on for many others would be considered a luxury. And that's not to be overstated, you know, and it's not to it's not meant to undermine any issues that anyone is going through. Because I do know one thing is that your imagination is undefeated. So whatever your mind can conceive or um, really hone in on, it is very real. So it doesn't matter how much money you have. You're not exempt from pressure, challenges, anxiety, any of these things. But it comes down to really having a plan, having a proper people support system and understanding the resources that are available to you. Most definitely. Most definitely. And I think what um, what you kind of alluded to and I want to bring up that point is the 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 weight that perception and perspective play on pressure. Um, because not everybody has the mental capacity or the mental ability to be able to be in a situation where pressure is there. And then it was something that, you know, I, I kind of was raised with, whereas, you know, you may be in a situation where you, you got dinner on the table and it's not what you want. So you complain about it. But then do you have the, the ability perception wise to understand there is someone who does not have and basically check yourself like, like the, like the saying goes, check yourself before you wreck yourself. Um, because, you know, honestly, in those kind of situations where you aren't able to understand the perception and the perspective of which you are, you're in a situation, you, you, you let it get to you. And then that pressure, that pressure builds. And we all know pressure bust pipes and you are that pipe. And, you know, it could have been the simple thing where somebody could have stepped in and told you something that you didn't hear. Or you could have stepped in and told yourself something that you needed to hear. But because of, you know, the perception, the, the the perspective of which you were looking at things, you weren't able to do that. And that's not to put all of the all of the weight of the situation on, you know, on the individual alone, because we all know that society and, you know, economics and things. There are a lot of different factors and variables that go into place when we're talking about pressure in, in the general sense. You know, we can you can you can, you know, branch off and find out that, you know, a single situation has been attributed to a person from multiple aspects and it all, you know, build, you know, it all, you know, prescribes and subscribes to the, you know, the, the pressure that is, that, that the person is going through. Um, but we, we were talking about ways of organizing and things of that nature. And I'll just speak personally for myself, uh, DJ, like you mentioned, you know, go out and do something that that's for you, but I want to pose a situation and a scenario to both of you all and where people, we, we we live in a capitalistic society. We know this, and this may go deep and it may go left, but I'm willing to take this chance because it's it's real. Um, everybody gets a job. Everybody who has a job knows from day one how much time. And when I say time, you know what I'm talking about: vacation time and sick time. You are allotted how much you are accrued. Some people get it straight up and down. Some people accrue it based on you know hours. Some people accrue it based on how many, you know, how many years they've been with a company or whatever, but we all know you have so many days and so much time that you can use. Sick time, we'll throw that out the window because a lot of jobs require you to have proof of sickness. So 
I've I've had jobs before where if I took a sick day, I needed a doctor's excuse to use it. But let's just talk about the vacation days for a minute. Right now, I'm I have 90 90 hours of vacation leave, paid vacation leave. Um but let's talk about the 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 stigma and the the perception behind specifically Americans. I don't cuz other other countries I I've noticed they like they force you to take your vacation. I know for a fact in uh in Australia they 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 require the government requires you know all businesses over a certain number of employees to give you 3 months of what they call holiday and you have to take it. You know, we got the thing over here where some of your time rolls over, some of it doesn't. Um, but we all know people that are literally afraid to take vacation. It's given to you. Like, you have this time. Let's say you got 20 hours of vacation. You work eight hours a day. That means you can take off two full days and probably a half. But we got people that are afraid to put in for vacation time because of the pre- the perception of what it might look like and the pressure that's going to come along with it was like, oh, well, you know, if I take two days off, when I come back, the pressure is going to get to me. Like, I'm going to have more work to do because I missed out. I'm not here. Or if I take two days, then how are my coworkers going to look at me because I left them with this load to deal with by themselves? But I want to throw that to you all, this scenario, because I know a lot of people are dealing with it. A lot of people are. And I'll go so far as to say majority of people are dealing with it. Unless you're in that high level of upper management to where you can literally do whatever you want. Like everybody's dealing with that, you know, that the pressure of I can't even take vacation and I got it. I got it. I got it piled up. But it's like, dang, I can't, you know, I can't really do this to my job. I can't do this to my coworker. What will my boss think if I'm taking too much, you know, I'm taking vacation. It looks bad. Like, what, you know, let's, let, I just really wanted to throw that out there. And we can definitely dive way deeper into it in the after show because I know it's something that, 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 that's with a lot of people. But Dr. Love, and I'll throw it to you first. And then DJ, I'll throw it, I'll yeah. throw it to you after that. Go ahead. Well, you know, and it's funny, man. This is one of those things that, uh, that, uh, I think baby boomers, and Generation X people have this leaving work guilt that I'm happy to say uh, the millennials have started to unload that, right? They're like, no, I, I care about quality of life and my time means something to me and I'm taking all the vacation and I'm also, you know, demanding flex work schedule. They are a group as a generation overall that have decided to test the bounds of how human resources has traditionally treated and incentivized employees. And they're like, no, my time means something to me. And I want to have certain experiences. And I recognize that um, this job is designed, it's a tool to help me get um, a certain quality of life and that life matters. And so I think it's awesome that uh, that young younger people and younger generations sort of have that as a part of their overall mindset that allows them to say, okay, well, I will, you know, I am going to take some days because the prevailing sort of American notion is that the people are there, those are the real go-getters, the people who are showing face time in front of all of the people at the office, those are the ones that are really getting everything done. And they're the grinders and everything else. And so people want to, they don't want to be considered among the people who are not, the grinders are not the committed. 
And and I'd say number one, you have to recognize that commitment starts at home and it starts with you and that person in the mirror, right? Because if you're committing your entire life and all this time to work so that you know you appear a certain way, I sure hope that that's your goal in life. I hope that that is that you're comfortable with that um, as as this the challenge for you and and work perceptions everything to you then, you know, then fine. But I, I will assure you that there are people who take their vacation, who make use of all of these things, don't feel guilty about it, and make sure that they're as productive as they need to be during the time that they're there. Oh, and by the way, part of the reason that they can be more productive while they're there is because they're giving themselves the self-care that they need, right? They're taking a vacation, they're giving themselves the opportunity to exercise um, and get proper sleep. And so they, they are putting themselves in a place where they can also absorb and take the pressures associated with um, with the job. Why? Because they've chosen to prioritize themselves and alleviate it too. So I, I would say that it's important to live your life in balance. And some companies are better about being encouraging about these things than others. Right, and and that encourage you to find out. This is a tough question to ask. You can't ask it in the interview. You got to find somebody who who's either worked at the company, which is not always very hard to find, especially with larger companies, and see how what their experience has been, um, in in terms of self care, vacation, um, you know, family medical leave if necessary. Like all of these things are extraordinarily important parts of your overall uh, compensation package. But more importantly, they're part of your quality of life package, right? The things that you're going to need where if stuff comes up or outside pressure comes up, you have the uh, mechanisms at work so that you can do the things that you need to do to live your life. Because at the end of the day, living your life is what this whole thing is about. It's not about you working a job. So you can be a cog in the machine, but as long as you live and then they spit you out and replace you with another cog, as now, your life is special, and you're meant to do things that are special, right? And you're meant to enjoy life. And so part of things is obviously organizing uh, work so that you can be productive. But the other part of it is recognizing that being productive when it comes to your physical self, your life, your mental well-being, your feelings of self-actualization, the way that you approach relationships, and that stuff is going to matter to you. That stuff does matter to you. So you have to give yourself time to address those things. And and I think you're silly if you think, well, you know, it's just going to happen. Well, well, what just happens? You know, what just happens without you organizing and doing it on the, on the job? Oh, yeah, that's right. Pressure and chaos. Same thing will happen with your life and your relationships if you don't tend to them in, in an appropriate manner. You know, the person who who said they used to love you now feels neglected and is going to leave. Those types of things happen to people who get trapped up in work and whatever task they're in and forget about the people around them. So it's it's about prioritizing things, man. They gotta go ahead. And you can make you can you can also automate and get help with that, man. I can't tell there's folks that will help you plan vacations and you can put it out there, know precisely when it is, organize everything all around it. So that you're leaving is a lot more seamless to the company, and then you can really focus on enjoying yourself 
on a well-planned vacation, come back refreshed with them hot dog leg pictures that people be taking with the legs on, on the beach where they look like hot dogs, but black people, they look like <laughs> But, you know... <laughs> <laughs> I just want to let everybody know this will we'll, we'll take time and thank you Dr. Love for throwing it this way um, if you do want to take advantage of you know having vacations planned down to the T Flight 87 Travel is available for all your travel needs see the world and the best it has to offer Flight 87 Travel a full service travel agency oh did I throw that to you on accident my goodness hey, it might have been subliminal I it's don't know it's amazing how that works sometimes no pressure commercials these days they work them into the show they like 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 the young folks say no cap <laughs> but uh dj go ahead I'm, I'm gonna throw it to you man yeah man so for me ba- balance is the key right um dr loving alluded to it earlier but when you when you think about this thing, man, you know, workplace flexibility is something that's that's major for my demographic. I am a millennial. I'm on the uh, I'm on the very you know uh, upper echelon of what the millennial age range would be. But workplace flexibility has been crucial. It's been, it's been critical for me. It's one of the reasons why I probably stayed in my role as long as I've had, or with my firm as long as I've had. I have. Because in order to gain flexibility, number one, you you have to be in an environment or a company. You talked about it a little bit earlier about, you know, European companies. My company is actually owned by an Australian, and we're domiciled in Australia. And so there's mandatory leave um, for, for managers, and those jobs tend to be a little bit higher stressed. You're required to take two consecutive weeks off. So you're required to. Like, no if and buts about it. You need to book it. You need to put it on the calendar. You take two consecutive weeks off. We have probably a, a, a more than generous vacation uh, schedule than most. All in, you get about 30 days of vacation just as a standard employee. Um, and that doesn't include holidays or you can buy additional vacation or whatever. And workplace flex- flexibility is definitely there. You know, you think about working mothers. Um, a lot of working mothers, if they're married to someone who's also in corporate or someone, let's say a firefighter or a civil engineer may have to travel for work, leave early, come home late. You know, that working mother is often responsible for pick up, drop off of the child. Oh, the child is sick. I have to leave, go get the child, uh, doctor's appointments, et cetera. Imagine an environment where there was no flexibility. How could some of the dynamic women that are contributing to these companies at such high levels be gainfully employed? So I think this is something that, you know, if if an organization is not doing it, they're probably missing out on top talent because folks with responsibilities are just not going to work for you in that way. So going back to balance is key. I think you have a responsibility in that balance as well, right? So um, we talked about image and branding, and for, for all those who may have missed it, for me, your image is simply what people see, and your brand is what people experience. So in your career, if you are the type of person whose brand has been responsibility, accountability, um, dependability, 
you're going to get more flexibility than others. And I can guarantee that. Even in an inflexible organization, because you have demonstrated that consistency, you're going to have a little bit more flexibility than others because you shifted the mindset of those in control. And I'll tell you another piece of this. Dr. Levin alluded to millennials, right? There has been a shift in mindset in terms of taking your vacation time and what's important to you because one thing is likely very true. Those boomers, uh, and even those in the silent generation, most of those folks may have worked for one company their entire career, some two max. Most millennials have worked for two or three companies within the first seven years. So they're not tied to don't take your time. Uh, you're going to be worried about what your peers are going to say. Most of their peers are taking their time too. And it's either use it or lose it policy because folks are, folks are no longer allowing you to rack up on a hundred days of vacation because again, you know, my parents, you know, anything short of not being able to walk, you went to work. Same way they sent me to school. Hey, I'm sick. I can't go to school today. Can you walk? Yes. Where you're going? You know, that type of thing. They went to work that way. Now, they probably infected a lot of people with a lot of things being sick at work, but who cares? You were present, and that's what mattered during that time. People in my organization will tell you right now, hey, if you're sick, don't come here. You're going to get everybody else sick, and now we have a whole sales force at home. So things are changing and times are evolving. But it really speaks to what Dr. Loving talked about is that pressure that the millennial generation has placed on the human resources professionals because it's not just about the financial package that you offer. It's that quality of life package because my results matter as much as my attendance. So why do I have to be here in the office if I can do the same thing from home? You know, those questions are being asked. Those questions were never being asked before. Um, and I guess finally, what I would say around this is challenging the narrative of what production and uh, responsibility looks like. You know, for all intents and purposes, if you ask my wife, how many days does Destrian take off? She would just say none. Because even if I'm off, I take my phone with me, my laptop is with me, I kind of check it here and there. If something major is going on, I reach out because there are certain things that the X is just on my forehead for. And you reach a certain level where your accountability matters to certain people. And you can be away, but you need to be responsive. And I think you earn that flexibility because you're doing those things simultaneously. I can be away get a little downtime, catch a break, but I can be responsive. If I'm going to completely unplug, who's accountable and who's responsible for that? So it's really about accountability and making sure that you have a system of checks and balances in place. But none of those things matter if you're not in a great state of mind, taking care of your mental health, like Dr. Loving said, some self-care. If you're not getting your self-care, you're not going to be any good to your job, but more importantly, you're not going to be any good to your family. And I think that is the overarching issue. I mean, it, it doesn't matter if you, if you secure the bag, quote unquote, for a few years, if you're going to be out of here, 
based on a high level of stress, anxiety, and depression, you're more valuable than your job. And I think people need to realize that Dr. Loving says it all the time, people over things, but sometimes you got to choose you. It has to be you as an individual over things. And I think we, uh, we, we, we would be remiss if we didn't point that out as well. Most definitely. I think you alluded to a great point is, you know, the, the basic necessity of communication to where, you know, like you, like you stated, the ties are kind of changing to where people are now more receptive of, you know what, I'm, I'm taking my time and I'm going to travel. I'm going to see the world. I'm going to take a mental health day because I'm not going to, you know, put myself under pressure because, and communicating that with your, you know, your management or your HR, just like, look, if I don't take a day, I'm not going to be at my best. And what you need from me is my best. So it's best for us, all of us, you know, that I get this break or whatnot. So I think, you know, the, the bare necessity of communication in the sense is, 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 you know, is key. And a lot of people have to learn how to just communicate those basic necessities where it's like, look, I, I need this day and you, you have every right to take it. So I think one of the, the pressure of, you know, maybe historical societal norms where we were raised by, you know, you were raised by parents and grandparents who were just, like you said, they go to work every day, rain, shine, sleet, snow, ain't nothing right. You know, you, you know, almost coughing up blood, but can you still walk? All right, you're going. And we've been kind of conditioned in a sense to, you know, just be these so hard working because it's like, oh, well, you know, look at such and such. He over there, you know, got got two kids and all this stuff going on and you know, arm broke, but he's still showing up to work. And look at you perfectly fine. And you want to take a day off? What's wrong with you? And as you know, it's we we, 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 we all have, you know, maybe experienced it or seen it in some uh, some sense of fashion. But just simple communication can be the the thing that helps you overcome that challenge of the perception of that pressure that is, that is, you know, should I, could I, would I take these days or use this time to make myself better? And if you, all you got to do is just simply communicate. But what I'll do is I'll throw it around to all of you and I'll start with Dr. Loveman first to kind of, you know, wrap it up and give you closing remarks on this topic because, you know, I, I, I do appreciate the way that this topic has kind of framed itself in the sense that we really kind of, honed in on maybe, you know, the mental health aspect of it, and it's very well much needed in this day and time, like Dr. Levin alluded to, and definitely stay tuned to the after show, because we'll dive way deeper into it, because we got a lot of issues going on that can be, you know, attributed to, uh, you know, pressures, whether it be from society, you know, or, or just, you know, external factors, and then it turns to internal pressure from yourself, where people are being hard on themselves, and they can't take it, and, you know, they they do the choices, make the choices that they make. But Dr. Lovett, I'll throw it to you to kind of wrap up and um, yeah. give you closing remarks, and I'll throw it to you, DJ. Yeah, so, I mean, for for me, it really is about just uh, uh, prioritizing yourself, right? Prioritizing yourself and your time is very important. And the way that you show yourself that you're important um, and, and that you believe in yourself is by setting those goals and putting those goals within to, um, and, and breaking them down into tasks. And then, you know, looking at each task as a challenge and solving those challenges and getting better, um, and, and handling, um, the, the pressures that do come along with those challenges. But then on top of that, recognizing that there will be other pressure that's around you that may, uh, that, that may affect your performance otherwise. 
may affect your quality of life, and you're going to have to figure out coping strategies and ways to live your life so that you can deal with those, deal with those pressures and rise to meet the challenges and make you um, a better person. And so, um, again, just recognize those the, those differences and how that works, but more importantly, just um, organizing and, and moving yourself forward in, in a productive way and not being scared to reach out um, to get help in all of the ways that it might be necessary to get help. So that, that's all I have with that. That's a very short closing remark from you, Dr. Levin. You know, I, I, I think I th- what I think is you got a lot to say in the after show. So, you know, I'm, well, I'm, I'm yeah, we, yeah, I, I think we may because it was a whole topic that was that we could was, was going to go over on that. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah you can oh, yeah. you can tell you took him up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go, go ahead, DJ. I'll be brief as well. Um, I would just like to reiterate a couple of things. You need to control what you can control. Things that are outside of your control, you are literally wasting your most valuable resource worrying about it. Worrying has never changed anything, <laughs> literally, ever. But it's something that we do so often. So I want our listeners to remember that your imagination is undefeated, literally. So as much, you know, uh, anxiety that you can give yourself with your imagination. Uh, imagine if you took just a little bit of that and poured it into something positive, drafting a plan, like Dr. Loving said, automating some things to make things a little bit easier, surrounding yourself with people with complementary skill sets that might help you deal with some of this anxiety. Again, maybe you don't want to call it help. Maybe it's advice. We're here for you. There's a group of professionals that are out there for you. You know, if anyone listening to this podcast is suffering from any type of depression, any type of anxiety, I implore you to talk to someone close to you. And if you don't feel comfortable doing that, please seek the advice of a professional because your mental health is more important to your well-being than any currency on the face of this planet. Well put, well put indeed, as as usual. And like I said, ladies and gentlemen, definitely stay tuned to the after show because we, I, you know, from what I can gather by the brief uh, remarks from both of my colleagues, it's, it's a lot that we got to say that we can delve deep. And if you've ever listened to the after show, you already know this. Well, we, you know, we, we, we pull a little more and, and we really get into it. So these are my closing remarks. You know, when it comes to overcoming challenges and dealing with pressure, um, always keep in mind the pressure of perception and whether it's, you know, whether it's your own or if it's uh, societal inflicted pressures, just put things into perspective and understand that it may not always be as bad as it seems. And like Dr. Levin and uh, DJ always alluded to is prioritize. And we always say, Dr. Levin always says people over things. And remember, you are the people. Don't be afraid to do the things that are necessary to make sure that you choose yourself. Um, there's an old song that some of you may or may not know where uh, it says, I choose you. Now, the song doesn't necessarily go into context here, but we just take that piece from it. I choose you and you being yourself. Choose yourself. People over things. Make sure that you are the people. And, you know, just keep that in mind. And since, you know, this topic has driven us into this direction, uh, organically about, you know, 
mental health and whatever. Um, I will mention that the National Suicide Prevention Hotline, the number is 1-800-273-8255 and it's available 24 hours every day. Once again, the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline is 1-800-273-8255 and it's available 24 hours every day. And like DJ said, I'll also extend myself and Dr. Levin will extend ourselves. You, you can reach out to us on all our social media and our websites and our emails, any of that. If you feel like you want to talk to us, if you're done talking to people that are around you, because like we mentioned in the beginning, you know, you, you, you can't, you, you, sometimes it takes a, you know, an unbiased nonpartisan party to, to, to put things in perspective for you to help you overcome um, challenges and deal with pressure. Um, so we may be that party for you. It may be someone else, but definitely, you know, don't give up in the, in the, in the, in the middle of things and take time for yourself. But, for all of us here at the Brethren Podcast, we invite you to stay tuned to the after show where we continue this conversation and get more in-depth. Check us out on our Instagram at Brethren Pod. That's B-R-E-A-D-R-E-N-P-O-D on Instagram. And you can check us at all of our internet domains. You can find Dr. Loving PhD at AjamuLoving.com. That's A-J-A-M-U-L-O-V-I-N-G.com. You can check out DestrianWellsConsulting.com. And you can also find me at mmbbgw.com. Um, and like I said, we appreciate you all for listening. And stay tuned to the after show. <laughs>